That one, year number four. It's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 238 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, coming from Sandusky, Ohio. Thanks for checking out this episode. This is the 14th in my previews for 2023. And in just a moment, I'm going to be joined by Dean Vasek from Hashtag Kangaroos, and we'll be diving into previewing the North Melbourne Kangaroos for 2023. Don't forget that if you are interested in getting your local footy club with a shout, having a shout out here on an upcoming episode, drop me a note over at my email, yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can also leave me a message on any of my socials. You can find all of my socials on my website, yankonthefooty.com, or they are all in the show notes. Uh, the one that I tend to spend the most time is on Twitter, at yank underscore on. I'm also on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn as well. I love being able to highlight these clubs, learning about the locations of where they are in relationship to other things, and find out who cut their teeth on footy at these different clubs. Now, today's club of the episode are the Lake Boga Magpies of the Central Murray Football League. And Lake Boga is located about 14, mi- 14 kilometers, I almost said miles, south of Swan Hill in northern Victoria. The club was founded way back in 1892. So that's, I believe, 131 years old now. The club played their, played their games at the Lake Boga Recreation Reserve, and they field many different age groups up through the senior side down to, I believe, 12 and under, I think, if I'm not mistaken, from what I read, as well as a number of netball clubs as well. And their most recent premiership was in 2003. Now, the club is looking for new members to join their social committee, and if you're interested in doing that, you can reach out on their Facebook page that's listed in the show notes, or you can also message Meredy Taverna. And uh, I did notice that their 14 and unders just got started with their training yesterday. I want to wish the Magpies the absolute best in 2023. Go Pies. I hope things go fabulously well for you. Now let's go ahead and jump into my chat with Dean Vasek from Hashtag Kangaroos, and let's talk all things North Melbourne. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another one of our club preview episodes, and we are going to be talking all things kangaroos today, and I'm thrilled to be joined by the host of the Hashtag Kangaroos podcast, Dean Vasek. Dean, thanks for coming up, coming on this morning, sir. Thanks for getting up early. Appreciate it. No, uh, thanks for having me on, Craig. I really appreciate it. Big fan of your work, and you're doing a great job uh, trying to promote the game in the U.S., so no, good on you. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. It is... It is uh... As I've said before, if, if this is your first time listening, you know, footy is pretty much the only thing I watch in sport anymore. I'll watch the Cleveland Browns play and I'll watch a couple local college football games during the season. But other than that, it's it's footy, footy exclusively. So I'm just I love the game and I'm so glad that that everybody in Australia has been kind enough to share it with me and been generous when I've asked dumb questions and you know, made dumb comments and that sort of thing. So had a great discussion about, you know, the uh, mid-season trade deadline with somebody in one of the cats rooms. And I did use Todd Goldstein as an example that, you know, that, you know, that people were talking about it being tanking. And I said, well, it, it's different side of the same coin. I think, they're, you know, they'd be trying to accelerate their rebuild, you know, because, you know, Todd Goldstein's probably not going to be there the next time North Melbourne wins a premiership, but maybe a draft pick they could get for him could have been. But, and so you know, we, we discussed it, you know, 
uh, yeah. not yeah, we weren't rude at all. We were just yeah, we just had a good discussion back and forth with it. But you know, we're here to talk about the uh, the ruse going into twenty twenty three. Yeah, it's been a rough couple of years. Um, I can certainly commiserate. I don't know if you follow the NFL at all, but I've been a Cleveland Browns fan my entire life. So I the last you know the ruse have had some fantastic glory days. But the last couple of years have been have been tough. But I, I think that the glass may not be half full, but I think it's filling. Yeah, it's slowly filling. It's funny you talk about the Cleveland Browns because I follow the Cleveland Browns as well. So <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh I've, yeah, I was uh, pinning all my hopes in the Baker Mayfield um quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> next uh yeah, next big thing, but uh that yes. didn't quite work yet. So yeah, no, it's uh it's gonna be interesting to see how they go next season with uh Deshaun Watson yes. having a full year. So but uh, yeah, look, it's been a tough couple of years uh, at the club. But uh, like you said, um, the glass is starting to get a bit half full, almost right, getting right. three quarters full. So yeah, yeah I think uh, so. So yeah. looking back at the last couple of years, um, I guess I, I guess I have to ask, what went wrong during the the David Noble tenure, or was he simply there as kind of like what you might call a, a demolition specialist as the club? began to shed players who were not going to be there, you know, four, five, six years down the road. And he just happened to be there for that position while that was going on and didn't get to see it come to fruition. Yeah, I think uh, with the David Noble point, we had a similar, uh, he, he was there for the rebuild, um, to rebuild the list. Uh, obviously, we had a middling list that was uh, around the eight to 10 mark. And we we decided to cut it down. We let go of some experienced players like Ben Brown, um, you know, big key forward and a number mm-hmm. of others that uh, were delisted later that year, Marley Williams, Mason Wood, um, that were just not taking it, the next step uh, for us to be a top four team. So we thought, all right, let's just tear it down, get some uh, draft capital, um, try and rebuild. We obviously got uh, Jaden Stevenson, who was, a, who was um, a part of a rebuild. So, mm-hmm. yeah, David Noble was there to sort of um, instill that. Um, similar to Brisbane uh, with Chris Fagan, uh, who came in a similar situation where they lost a lot of players. And I think that's how we've seen it. He can sort of, um, you know, build relationships, good relationships with players. But I think the thing with uh, that David Noble struggled with, and, yeah, he, he'd been out of uh, football coaching for a number of years, and particularly second uh, second season, which was last year, he looked out of his depth. Um, we're getting constantly um, beaten by, you know, I think we broke the record for 10 losses in a row by 40-plus points in the AFL, um, and he just looked out of his depth. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes that happens. You know, it, it wasn't the right appointment at the right time. Right, and, right. You know, yeah, and obviously uh, relationships fractured between him and the board, and in the end, um, you know, we decided to make a decision that we had to let go of the coach. It made it tough because we wanted to build a club uh, through stability. Um, and that's the reason he was there, to rebuild the club for the next three or four years. But, uh, yeah, it just didn't work out. And that happens sometimes. Yeah. And 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 you, you, then you had the the unfortunate situation with last year's or 2021's number one overall pick who, you know, very talented player, but things didn't quite work out. And now, you know, he's gone home. But I, th- I think. I think, and maybe you would agree here that I think the club made the best of a bad situation there in terms of the, as you said, the draft capital they were able to bring back in. And I, and I, I mentioned when I talked to folks in Port Adelaide, I think he might even have more pressure on him now being home, having to perform in front of his home fans than he would have had to have had he stayed on Arden Street. Yeah. I mean, look, yeah, like you said, it was the best of a bad situation. Uh, 
I don't know if he ever – look, he wanted to be a number one pick, and that was about it. I don't think he ever wanted to come to North Melbourne, to be honest with you. He did show signs at the start of the year, but his immaturity was um, well beyond his years, mainly mm-hmm. because he played his junior football in winning cultures, winning games. He even played uh, Sandful uh, when he was 17 years old. Um, he played in the prelim final, and he was very good in that game. But, yeah, no, he um, – and there's a lot of issues um, off the field, obviously missing ice baths. Uh, where they dropped him, mm-hmm. um, whether that's, yeah, you know, I mean, there was underlying issues. When uh, he left, obviously the trade was done. There's Cameron Zerha. There was a number of other players sort of um, liking tweets that he wasn't liked. Um, so I don't know what the relationships were off yeah, the field, yeah. but it doesn't sound like they were very strong. Obviously, maybe he clashed a few times. We've seen him clash a few times with uh, senior players like Todd Goldstein in a game. And, yeah, uh, I'm, yeah at the end of the season, um yeah, he, he wants to go home. Whether he's swayed by his you know, family or other people or just himself wants to get out of there, I'm not too sure. But at the end of the day, you've got to move on. No individual is bigger than the, the football club. And, yeah, we made the best of a bad situation. Got a couple – got their first uh, pick number two. Mm-hmm. Um, or was pick, Yeah, so we had pick one and two. Obviously, traded pick one. And we get uh, Port Adelaide's uh, 2023 uh, first-round pick. So we're, we're kind of hoping they, they struggle on the field a bit this year. So we'll see how we go. Ken Hinckley is hoping otherwise because he's, he's yeah, looking yeah, back cool. and thinking, I started 0-5 last year. I can't afford to do that this year. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. He's in the hot no. seat, that's for sure. Yeah, There's I, no I, more excuses. With yeah, him. I think he has to play – I think they have to play finals at least and maybe get at least one win in finals for him to come back next year the following yeah. year i would think but um i was out of contract so yeah he's, yeah um, yeah he's exactly yeah, exactly really so overall would you say the mood right now is much more positive in february of 2023 than it was even in february of 2022 it's sort of hard to say because i think every team has expectations at this time of year that they're mm-hmm. gonna that they're flying in pre-season i mean we're the club this time last year was selling itself, and we'll we'll doing a lot of videos with Jason Lord Francis, in you know showing how well he was going. Um, I went to his first practice match, um, which was probably late Feb mm-hmm. uh, last year against uh, Melbourne. He looked absolutely fantastic in one quarter, and you know the club was getting excited. We understood last year was a rebuild, but we'll talk about players like Jared Polak. So it's probably similar. I mean, every I mean, you, you talk to Essendon, you talk to Hawthorne, you talk to anyone, they're all going to have the same sort of um, expectations this time of year. But, yeah, there's certainly um, a lot of excitement with the Alistair Clarkson appointment, mm-hmm. um, which was probably looking a bit shaky a few months ago. But, yeah. um, you know, he's, um, yeah, look, he's the best uh, coach of the last 30 years. So, and, um, yeah, we've got the best one available. So, yeah, no, there's, there's expectations um, are, are certainly a lot higher, mm-hmm. I, I guess, with the with the appointment of the coach, because at the end of the day, we've talked us at least that it's not as bad as 18th the last couple of years. So right, there's right. no more excuses anymore. So the players have got to start performing. Did you get nervous when Essendon dismissed Ben Rutten and they kind of you know were hurriedly throwing their hat into the ring, thinking maybe we can get Clarko here? Did that? Did you start thinking, uh oh, this is not good? Yeah, I think the first 24 hours when it happened, I was thinking, yeah, well, they're, they're obviously going to talk to him. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, they'll, they'll get excited. Their supporters were getting excited. But as the week went on, um, the talk uh, dissipated. And, yeah, look, I was, I was starting to feel more confident by about Wednesday or Thursday that nothing's happening here. Because right. generally when something like that happens, it grows leagues very quickly, especially in Australian media. I'm not too sure what the American media is like. 
Um, but in the first 24 hours, yeah, no, it was um, it was definitely growing legs, and then it just stalled and sort of started going backwards. And even he said um, they came in too late, basically. And yeah, you know, it was he already was pretty much 70, 80 percent that North Melbourne boy at the time uh, Essendon came in. Yeah, that's, and I think that's a great thing. So. Yeah, I guess I have to ask you, what are your expectations this year and, and what is a successful season going to look like for North this year? Yeah, look, I'm not expecting to play finals, not after coming back-to-back wooden spoons. Okay. Um, look, I think a successful year is, you know, the development of, you know, the second or four year, fourth-year players, continually mm-hmm. grow them, um, like a Paul Curtis, uh, Will Phillips. Hopefully we can get him out in the park for 20 games this year. Um, he's a big part of our rebuild. Um, hopefully we can get uh, a fit and healthy Charlie Combin. We can see uh, some of those first-round draft picks like Harry Sheasel, who's very exciting. Um, Jackson Archer as well. He, he looks like a very exciting prospect. And if we can get six to eight wins, which is a great, you know, which is a big possibility, then, you know, I, I think, um, yeah, that'll be a successful year for us. Yeah, I I, yeah, I was I was thinking that that's probably the case because I, I didn't know if you were anticipating, you know, making that leap into finals. But uh, I, I think bo- bottom line, as long as you're not adding any more kitchen utensils, it, it has to be a little, <laughs> a little better than it had been. Yeah, that's right. Been, yeah. So it's uh, – what concerns do you have for this year? What are the things that still worry you? I think Terrence Thomas is the main concern at the moment. Um, he's he's yeah, – obviously, there's a lot going on there. I'm not mm-hmm. so sure where his, foot, his head is at. at uh, he's taken an indefinite break from the club, and I think that's the right thing to do, uh, especially with the allegations going against him. He's a very uh, classy um, player who looked really good in the preseason. Uh, January, February, they were talking him up playing off the halfback flank. Obviously, that's stalled. So he's probably the main concern. Obviously, the president, um, she's been diagnosed with a breast cancer in the last right. week. Right. So, yeah, that's yeah, which is really tough. But uh, she's a very resilient woman. She's gone through a lot since uh, taking over in the last 12 months. Had to make a lot of decisions. So, yeah, she has, um, yes. yeah, hopefully that's the main concern. And I guess, you know, if we don't show signs of improvement uh, this year and players that are in that, you know, 24, 25, 26 year old uh, bracket, not that we have too many, but if they start stagnating, then, and we, you know, we start struggling on the field again where we're uncompetitive for a period of time, then we've got to start looking at a list again and whether that's uh, going to take us forward. Yeah, and I mean, I'm looking at the the age breakdown, and you know, the club is there are two, four, there are five clubs that you know collectively are just a little bit younger than the Ruse, but uh, you know, Hawthorne being the youngest at 23.1, and North is at 24.1, so it's not a huge disparity there. And of yeah. course, Sydney's also 24.1, but if you take a certain player off that list, that probably drops them down to the second youngest, I would imagine, uh, mm-hmm. which bodes well for them going forward, yeah. having been in the grand final last year and still having that, that young of a side. So yeah, there is some talent on this, this list. I mean, there's some, there's some very talented players, but they just were, it seemed like there were many instances last year where you would, you would have the opponent just go on a run and just would, you know, put through five, six, seven goals, you know, back to back. And it was just, you know, it was like, you know, getting in the, the the middle of the ring with Mike Tyson and he just, you know, he punches you four or five times in a row and you're just like, what the heck was that? And, you, you know, you're getting the standing eight count and you get back up and you look at the scoreboard and go, oh, wow, we got some work to do here. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that, that happened a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there was certainly periods of games. I think there was one game against, I can't remember who it was against. It might have been Gold Coast. We were up by two goals a quarter time. And then half time, the game was over. They kicked like 10 goals in the second quarter and were seven goals down or something like that. And we mm-hmm. had too many of those games, like you said, where teams would go on a run, six, seven, eight goals, and we just couldn't contain it. We didn't have the dis- defensive structures in place. And we're certainly hoping that Alistair Clarkson um, can help with that. And, you know, um, you know, yeah, people talk about game plans. I think your game plan varies during the game, um, you know, depending on the situation, whether you're in front, whether you're behind, whether the opposition have got uh, momentum as well. Um, and, you know, sometimes you've got to chip around and just hold the football. Other times you've got to take the game on a bit more. Yeah. You, uh, you know, looking at your, at your, at your club, are you, are you, you know, you had, uh, you know, you have a change at the captaincy. And they've now gone to co-captains. Is that a, I think that's a positive with the young list that they have there where you basically have two people who are kind of, you know, and you know, two, you know, long time players there with Jai Simpkin and, uh, and, and Luke McDonald that, uh, that, that have, you know, the, the best interest of, of the ruse, you know, Luke, you know, Luke McDonald's family, family line with the, the ruse goes way back. Um, but, you know, are you, are you pleased with the, the idea of going with co-captains? I'm I'm one that's uh, captaincy. I think it's a bit overrated. I think there's a leadership okay. group, and I think there's uh, about eight to ten. I mean, outside of tossing the coin and doing a few media conferences, they all they all make decisions. A leadership group, and we've got uh, yeah, they're the face of the club. I understand that Luke McDonald, Josh Simpkin, and yeah, it definitely looks looks good for them. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we've got Jack Zebel, Ben Cunnington, uh, Ben McKay. They're the players that uh, make decisions on the field and off the field as well. Um, especially like if we did have uh, players that uh, like a Taron Thomas, they've probably um, all got together and they sort of said, let's just give him, him an indefinite break. I don't think it just comes down to Jai Simpkin and Luke McDonald. I mean, right. the responsibility falls on them if we're struggling. So yeah, um, they have to uh, front the media, but um, yeah, I I think it's more of a leadership group, and and yeah, they could have named um, all eight as co-captains. It wouldn't have bothered me to be honest with you. So yeah, well, that's I mean, and, and I don't think you're necessarily wrong there. I mean, it's, I think it's you know it's you know the, the leadership group ha- you know with it being as young a side as it is, there has to be people who are you know willing to you know continually talk each other up to help them you know grow into the situation as you as you saw with Francis last year. If you've got anybody who has any you know, um, maturity issues that they have to deal with. You've got, you've got this wide base of folks that can help not necessarily get them in line, but encourage them to, you know, kind of model what they need to be doing as they're going forward to, to be successful, to, to represent, you know, the, the club in, in the best light. So I get, I think it's a great move on, you know, as far as that goes, but are you worried about, um, are you worried about Ben McKay putting off his contract talks? Uh, you have to be worried. Yeah. Um, look, I, I mean, he, he might be, it might be a case of situation where he wants to see how it's going early mm-hmm. in the year and then he might delay it more. And the further he delays it, the more you're going to get worried. Um, right. Generally, if they leave it to the end of the year, they want to make the decision they want to leave. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be a money issue uh, with him. I think it's going to be how we're going on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, if Yeah, I mean, it, it's a balance. He's had a lot of concussion issues and, yeah, yeah. As you'd know with the NFL, with all that yes, sort of yes. things, he's had you know four or five concussion issues. If he has a couple more during the season, I'm not so sure where we go with the contract uh, with him as well. Look, if he if he's got the flying and all that, we give him a long term deal. There's no dramas yeah. with that. But he's got to accept it as well because there's going to be other clubs that are going to right. offer him yeah just as much money or maybe even more with longer you know longer contracts as well. Um, that's the way free agency is. So yeah, I mean, there's obviously there's got to be a concern. Yeah. You know, um, 
So yeah, well, I have to see how we go. Now it's yeah, I'm looking at your your uh, fixture for this year, and your your first five games are a bit of a mixed bag. I mean, you, you're you're opening mm. up with West Coast, which you know again they finished just ahead of you on the ladder this past year, but you know I, I think that you know they 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 carried a uh, an extra player on their list named Injury Bug, because I mean mm. that just that, <laughs> that club just could. If if something bad could happen, it was happening to West Coast last year. Um, but it's just you know so because that's that's that is still a club that has a lot of you know veterans, you know players that are still there from the was that the eighteen grand final? Yeah, the eighteen, yeah, 18 yeah. grand final. Yeah. yeah, that uh, that are you know they're still part of that club that are there. You know, only a few years later, so that I mean that's going to be a great test round one hmm. for for your club. Just to you know, to gauge where you are, yeah. and then yeah, definitely. I mean, we've got a new coach. There's going to be plenty of excitement. There's going right, to be right. a decent crowd. You'd have to think twenty five to thirty thousand, which would be pretty good. Uh, they're obviously a similar, yeah, similar track. Uh, they're obviously rebuilding. Uh, Josh Kennedy retired. Mm-hmm. Nick Natmo is really at the end of his uh, tenure. Um, they've still got uh, you know a decent backline. Uh, yeah, Mitch McGovern, uh, uh, Tom Barras, you know, very good intercept players. And Shannon Hearn, uh, you know, is still a leader at that club. So, you know, it's a game that we're going to go in um, expecting to win uh, first because, yeah, I mean, that's that's probably our best chance to win a round one game for a number of years. And, yeah, look, uh, you know, with the excitement, new coach, you know, I, I think our supporters are definitely going to have expectations that uh, we're expected to win that game, especially that now they lost uh, a couple key players and, and a key forward that kicks most of their goals. Um, yeah, I, I yeah. Think, uh, yeah, that's we'll... going to be that's going to be a huge hole that they have to fill. Absolutely. Now, yeah. you know, looking at round four though, yeah, round four is, is interesting because we might actually learn something finally for real. We're going to yeah. learn whether or not there are actually two Mackay brothers because, we've, <laughs> because yeah. we've never seen them on the ground against one another yet. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, no, that that's uh, something that you know the general public have been waiting for for a number of years, and it just right. hasn't happened. And if it can happen this year on a Good Friday, then yeah, it'll it'll definitely add uh, something to it. And uh, yeah, we're certainly hoping uh, it happens. Uh, if it doesn't happen again, then yeah, there's going to be uh, yeah uh, some skepticism that uh, that they yeah uh, that there is two of them. So <laughs> yeah, no, we'll uh, well, we'll uh, see how we go. But uh, both very good players. I was hoping we could get uh, Harry McKay or something like that uh, to mm-hmm. play with his brother, but yeah, right. no, that's that's not going to happen. No. But yeah, I mean, you talked about he's had a contract in the, the year. He might want to go play with his brother. So you never know. That's a, that's a possibility. Yeah, and it's 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 uh, you know it's it'd be it's going to be. Uh, hopefully, they get to go up against one another because just seeing the two of them actually, you know, you know they they've played you know they've played in their yard and that sort of thing in practices yeah. growing up together. And I'm I'm making the assumption that they played on the same you know club growing up. I haven't looked, so I I could be completely wrong on that. But I wouldn't be surprised if they played together in their formative years. But uh, yeah, 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 definitely. Our Northern Knights boys, I think they are. So yeah. and they'll draft it around the same area, like around the twenties as well, nineteen uh, twenties mm-hmm. or something like that. So yeah, no, both very um, yeah talented players. You know, so you've got you've got your double ups this year. You got you've got only one club that played finals last year in Melbourne. You know, you got Hawthorne, West Coast, Melbourne, St. Kilda, Essen, and, and Gold Coast. Um, you know, so you got five five of the six clubs did not play finals this year. Um, yeah, I Essendon is a bit of an enigma. 
I mean, you might know more about them with, with their new coach being your old coach in terms of what we can expect from them, but we're not here to talk about them. But I mean, is it, is it going to, is it going to be as dysfunctional a group in, in Essendon this year as it was last year? I don't think so. I think like Brad Scott had a lot of uh, stability to the football club. That's what he did with North Melbourne. Whether I don't know if they're look, I, I don't think their fans are completely on board with him, and I think their patience is going to wear very thin with him, especially if they're struggling this season. Um, so yeah, look, I, I think yeah, he's the type of coach that if you stick with him for two or three years, he'll get into that middle, which he did with North Melbourne for a number mm-hmm. of years. Whether he can take that next step and whether he's developed his coaching, that he can take him to the top four and to a premiership, which we're certainly hoping he can't with Essendon. But, um, yeah, look, whether he can do that, um, I'm not too sure. But, yeah, no, look, I think he's a very good coach. Um, I had no problems with him. Our supporters are about 50-50 with him. Some mm-hmm. some seem to like him. Uh, I think a lot of them got fed up uh, towards his last year, last probably year, that uh, he was doing a lot of talking, but the actions weren't coming. And, yeah, Probably saw him as a bit of a fraud. I don't think he was, but um, yeah, look, yeah, you know, we've struggled ever since we've lost him. So yeah, right, probably right. Seems something. Well, you know, as you said, the glass is half full and continuing to fill. But what are going to be the indicators that you look for this year that are that are going to maybe be the 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 road signs that are telling you that things aren't going as well as you had hoped. What, so I guess I should say, what do you hope not to see this year? Yeah, oh, look, hopefully no more dramas with uh, off-field incidents. That's the main thing. Um, yeah, like uh, Taron Thomas, uh, mm-hmm. other individual players, where they get involved, I'm not too sure. Most of them seem all right. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, if we sort of – if some players that, uh, you know, are, are sort of struggling and stagnate, maybe like a Cameron Zerha, we're certainly hoping uh, – I think he's lost a bit of his defensive ability um, – and at the end of the day, our forward 50 uh, uh, last year was uh, pretty ordinary, um, especially uh, t- opposition teams rebounding the ball out, out um, and they certainly played a forward half game. If that continues and we continue to struggle up forward uh, where the ball just comes out uh, uh, far too easily and far too quickly, then there's going to be concerns that, um, yeah, we're, we're just uh, pretty much going to be that uh, best-case scenario, maybe a middling team in two or three years' time. Well, and it was... And your forward line was was rather dependent upon Nick Larkey. I mean, you know, it was, you know, it was kind of like, you know, in Larkey we trust. I mean, that was, you know, if 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 you find another, you know, and every everybody's looking for that second key forward to, you know, you know, to take the pressure, you know, you look at, you know, you know, Mackay and Kernow, you know, Hawkins and Cameron, you know, there's uh there's a lot of club, you know, uh Lynch and Rewalt, you know, that that clubs that have that second option there. You know, and, and if that second option is there, you know, that makes Larky even better. And he's yeah. pretty darn good right now. Yeah. We're, we're certainly hoping that Charlie Combin is that second player. Um, mm-hmm. We haven't seen him on a park for long enough. He's only played two AFL games, I think. He's looked good in the preseason. He's been hampered by injuries, shoulder injuries, lower leg injuries, and so forth. Um, if he can get some continuity and play 15 to 18 games for us this year, that'll make a difference to, to our forward structure. Um, very first time, I don't know if you remember uh, Jared Waite that played at North Melbourne. Very similar play to him, very athletic uh, for his size, 198 mm-hmm. centimetres, I think he is. So, yeah, very athletic, good below his knees. Um, so if we can uh, get him on the park um, continuously, uh, yeah, uh, every week, then, yeah, it'll definitely make a big difference to our forward line. Good. I mean, And I, I just... I. 
you know, Larky is a lot of, and, yeah, and if, if he's able to chip in there, you know, Larky's a lot of fun to watch. And it just, mm-hmm. it, it, like I said, it makes, they feed off of one another. And it was mm-hmm. interesting when I, when I did the, the Carlton preview, um, I talked to Terry Degani from Blue Abroad and, and, and he said something that, that kind of made my blood run a little bit cold when he said that, you know, last, last year was the first time that Mackay and Kernow had played together. Yeah, Kernow certainly had his uh, injury yeah. history. So. Yeah, and, and you think about that, if those two get better together, I mean, that's, that is a pretty formidable pair right there. I don't think, you know, I don't think there any be any other club in the comp that wouldn't say, sure, I'll trade, I'll trade where, you know, my two forwards for your two. I think pretty much every other club would say, absolutely, where do we sign? Yeah, you know. 100%. And you sort of look at their first half last year, Carlton, they were 8-2, 8-3. Mm-hmm. They yeah. were fine. Um, then, they get, then they get a few injuries. And I think even Harry Mackay missed a few weeks or something like that. Right. And they just fell apart quite quickly. Yeah. yeah. And again, you know, it's, you know if you have clubs stay healthy, I mean, it's, it, it, you want to see that. Yeah, you want to see mm-hmm. clubs perform with as many of their quality players out there as they possibly can. You know, it, I would think so. Yeah, so, so when you know when we're looking at you know at this year's list, you know what players do you see? And you brought in a lot of new you know new talent this year. But what players do you see pushing their way into the twenty two on a regular basis that have not been there previously? Um, I think Jackson Archer, uh, Glenn Archer's son, uh, is definitely okay. a possibility. Um, he's definitely looked good this preseason. Whether he's in the round one team, I'm not too sure. Um, yeah, I mean, because there's a lot of competition for spots at a halfback, sort of back pocket uh, sort of um, spot. But he's a, definitely a player that uh, we, we certainly uh, think um, once he gets in, like it might be you know, round three or four, he, he could probably play 14, 16 games this year. Uh, Will Phillips is probably a player that um, we certainly missed over the course of uh, last year. Had a really uh, rundown illness with uh, glandular mm-hmm. fever, missed the whole season. But he's looked really strong in the preseason. He's another player that, um, yeah, we're certainly hoping that, that uh, yeah, we can get some continuity into. Uh, very classy on baller, very good skills, uh, which is what we really need. Um, yeah, we, we certainly hope he can uh, uh, get into the round one team and and play the whole year. Yeah, it'd be it'd be awesome if he's able to do that. And it's just it's just, you know, I'm 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 somebody who you know came to the game so late in life that I don't have in my DNA that I dislike, you know, club A or B or whatever the case. I don't like this. I, I don't have that in me because I came to it so late. I mean, I, of course, I want to see my club win every week and then see eight other great games, you know, yeah. so, but it's, you know, and I certainly want to see, you know, everything be competitive, you know, and have games come down to the, you know, the final kick, if at all possible for, for everybody that's out there. Um, what is your, what is your bold prediction for the club? What what are you what are you ready to go out and just plant your flag and say I think this is going to happen this year and maybe not a lot of other people would think it. Um, well, I, I think finals is not definitely not out of the question, but I think we're capable of winning ten games uh, okay. if all things go well. I mean, like you talked about injuries before, if we don't get injuries, yeah, we, we can certainly push for that. Um, that's that's probably. The boldest I could really go as far as 10. I don't think I could go any more than that. Uh, yeah. I think another one, Luke Davis Uniac, is probably, he could probably, you know, be a player that could win a Brownlow medal this year. If we get enough, you know, if we get enough good games and enough good wins, he's probably a player that could win a Brownlow. And even Nick Larkey. Um, I'll, I'll say it right now, I reckon he'll win the Coleman medal. That, uh, that would be my bold prediction. Okay. Okay. So the the season comes to an end in 2023. 
and the Ruse have played their final game at the end of whatever round that happens to be. Okay, mm-hmm. whether it be round 24 with an extra game this year yeah, or in the finals. Um, what does the headline in the Herald Sun say about the Ruse 2023 season? Um, that's a pretty good question. Off the top of my head, probably Rue building uh, going going along well or something like that. Rebuilding? Going, okay. Yeah, yeah. So... Okay. I like that. I, I like how you, you know, you work that, that word in there that, you know, <laughs> you know the, yeah. the rebuild. Yes. That's uh. Yeah. are you selling those shirts yet? You know, like, uh, no, but rebuild, I might think of it. So rebuild, I know rebuild complete, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, but, yeah. I might, uh, I might look into that. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah no, that's, that so, sounds like a good idea. So who are you, who are you looking at in your top four this year? Who are you thinking are making, making the top four and who do you think is going to get in the finals and possibly slide out of the finals that were there last year or not there? Um, I think I've got Melbourne. Um, I think they'll be up there. Brisbane. Um, yeah. I, I think uh, getting Josh Dunkley is a big get for them. Uh, just mm-hmm. adds, And they've got Will Ashcroft as well. Just adds more depth to the midfield. Uh, relieves the pressure on Lockie Neal. Um I think the Swans will be there uh, once again. You know, the, I mean, like you said, they've got still got a very young list, and it, mm-hmm. they continue. Um, it, they're just going to continue to grow together. I think uh, Geelong, Carlton, are probably you know fourth, fifth spot. I think they'll, you know, Carlton. Um, I'll, I'll look at their first half of the year as an indication of what they're capable of um, last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they stay fit and healthy, I think they're a club that could easily win uh, 14 or 16 games this year. And Geelong, you, you, you've got to show them respect. Reigning premiers. I know they lost Joel Salwood and they're getting a little older now. Um, I could see all the Geelong merchandise in the back there um, of, of the screen. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, That's a little but, bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, you certainly you got to have them up there as well. Yeah. I. So who do you think could possibly fall out of the eight that – were there last year and who do you think could sneak in? Well, you said Carlton, so there's one that could sneak yeah, yeah, in. So if Carlton's coming in, who's going out? Um look, uh it's one of those things anything could happen. Like if Collingwood get a couple of injuries and mm-hmm. I, I think they're one team that could slip out. They had a lot of luck last year winning a lot of close games. Um uh, I think if, if um if they get a couple of injuries and the roles are reversed, I think Brody Grundy's a huge loss. Relying on Mason Cox to be number one ruck uh this year is yeah, I, I think it's a you know a bit of a recipe for disaster. I don't think he's you know, Mason Cox certainly can play a role for a team as right, a forward, right. um pinch hits in a ruck. But as your number one ruck, um losing Brandon Brody Grundy is a bigger loss than they think. I know they had went on a bit of a roll last year. But, um, yeah, a lot of those games were close, and I think they're one team that might slip out of the eight this year. Okay. I did one one of the previous interviews that I have done. It was one of the clubs that were in the eight, and the person that I spoke to about that club said, I think we're dropping out this year. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to say who it is because maybe people yeah, haven't right. listened to that episode yet. I'll tell you off air. But uh, it, was, oh, nice. uh, yeah, it was a little – I was a little surprised by that. But uh, Okay. So – are you ready for some Bruce trivia before we wrap up here? Hit me with it. Okay. All righty. So while, and I think I want to have two, four, I have eight questions for you. And like four of them good. are, four of them are about last year. And the other four are kind of like general Ruse questions. So they're all about North Melbourne. So yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm not asking, you know, you know, who is, you know, the, 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 the best ticket taker, you know, at the gold coast games last year at, at Metricon. I'm not, I'm not doing that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, so, that's fine. 
So while Aaron Hall averaged 23 and a half disposals in each of his 11 games last year, these other four Ruse, all who played at least 14 games, had 20 plus disposals per game. Four others. Okay. Mm-hmm. Luke Davis Uniac will have to be mm-hmm. one of them. Yep. Um, Josh Simkin mm-hmm. will have to be the other one. So uh, two more. Two more. Uh, I'm trying to think 20 plus, 14 mm-hmm. plus games. Um, don't think it was Curtis Taylor. I don't think he was up there. And you said Aaron Hall already. Uh, Aaron McConnell? Hall, yeah. Aaron Hall played eleven, so I I, I took him oh, off okay. the list. Yeah, he he would have been uh, the fifth, but I didn't. You know, he didn't play more than half the game, so I kind of I didn't include him. Yeah. Uh, Luke McDonald. He's the third one. Yep. And there's one more. Yeah. One more. Um, I'd probably have to think it was a defender because the ball spent a lot of time there <laughs> that last year. Uh, so I've gone through. Oh, geez. Um, drawing a blank at the moment. And he's no longer with the club. He's no longer with the club. Not Jason or Francis, is it? No, no. Did he even play even fewer fewer games than uh, than eleven? I don't know how many played he played last year. Yeah, no, he played. He played most of them. I think okay. he played 15, 16 or okay. something like that. So, um, wasn't Sting. He's not no longer at the club. Right. He he yeah. he moved on to another club. He moved on to another club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How can I not uh, think of this person individual? Um, no, you'll have to tell me, Jed, Anderson. Tell. Jed Anderson. Jed Anderson, of course. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, that's yep. right. Yeah, he's gone to Gold Coast. Yeah. All right. Oh, there now, you go. These these five players have played at least three hundred games for the Ruse. Yep. Name more. Okay. <laughs> uh, I should get this. Uh, Brent Harvey, four thirty-two. Yep. Uh, Adam Simpson, three hundred and six. Uh huh. Um, Wayne Shimmerbush, mm-hmm. 306. Also 306, yes. Uh, Adam Simpson. You mentioned Simpson already. Oh, no, not Adam Simpson. Drew Petrie. Drew Petrie, yep. Three, 318. Three, yep. And, and Glenn Archer. Yep. You got him. You got yeah. him. Yeah. All right. Good job. Yeah. Now. We're back to we're back to last season. This 20 game player led the club with 92.2% time on ground in 2022. This he led the team on time on ground 92. Mm-hmm. So he was on the ground 92.2% of the time. I'll say Nick Larkey. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Yeah, okay. Outstanding. Yeah, really I was, it was either him or Ben McKay. So you're you're crushing this. You're <laughs> crushing this so far. You were going to discount Jed Anderson because he'd left the club. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's, uh, all right. Now, who have the Ruse defeated the most time, most times in the club's history? And who's defeated the Ruse the most times in the club's history? Oh, who's defeated the Ruse the most times? Um, oh, geez, there'd be a queue of them right up there. Um, who have defeated the most times? I'm going to – St. Kilda? St. Kilda, yes. Yeah. It's 81 okay. wins, def- 81 wins, two draws, 80 losses. So only oh, one, so one head win head. over level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Fitzroy's not in the competition anymore. We did have have it over them there for a bit. So, yeah, no, that was uh, going back. Well, who's defeated us the most? Um, I'm going to say Carlton. Collingwood. 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 I'm not sure you want to hear this number. Uh, 52, 
52 wins against Collingwood, two draws, and 110 losses. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, <laughs> would be much better. Yeah. All right. Now, I, I, I've i used this one in uh, in each of the previews that I've done, but I love this statistic. I wish I wish we had a stat like this in in sport here in the United States. This 20-game player led the club with 5.7 one-percenters last year. 20-game player. Um, I'm going to say it's a defender because that's where the ball was, and one-percenters are generally for defenders. Uh, I'm going to say Aiden Core. You're right. You're right. Outstanding. Outstanding. Yeah. Are you sure I didn't send you this list ahead of time? <laughs> no, I definitely didn't. <laughs> I did not send uh, this I'll, to him. I'm a bit of a nerd for statistics, and I, I okay. generally go through these lists. So, yeah. Yeah, and I actually I know had with, uh, what's that? I actually had on the podcast not that long ago a gentleman who does works in the statistics department for the Ruse, and his name is okay. uh, Christian right Wallace. Now. Yeah, yeah. I, I had yeah, him on the podcast uh, not too long ago. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, works for the VFL team. Now, mm-hmm. I think he does. So, yeah. Yep. So, these two senior coaches from the Ruse have a winning percentage in their career over 62%, and they're both somewhat contemporary. Hmm. Uh, Dennis Pagan? Mm hmm. Uh, Ron Barassi. There you go. Yeah. Yep. There you go. <laughs> You're uh you're tearing this up here. I think I think you're gonna get these last two questions also. This night this 19 game player had the lowest disposal efficiency for the club in 2022. Uh disposal efficiency. Uh what was the disposal efficiency? About 60% or something, was it? 60 62.8. 62.8. Yes. Um, and, and he played 19 games. He played 19 games. Uh it's not Jed Anderson. Uh-uh. No, he left. So he's would have been right down there. So, <laughs> um, uh, 19 games, 62%. Trying to think who, uh, who butchers a ball. I mean, there's a fair few of them. So, um, and you were, you were right. Jed Anderson was directly above him at 63.6. Yeah, right. So you. <laughs> See, you okay, answered yeah, questions yeah. I didn't even ask, but that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least I got the one of the bottom two. Um, oh, it's not Curtis Taylor. Mm-mm. No, okay. Not a, um, is it a midfielder by any chance? No, it is not a midfielder. Okay, maybe a defender then. Not a defender. No, oh, so it has to be. A, oh, it's not Todd Goldstein, is it? No. Mm-mm. Callum Colin Jones? No, no, he played 10 games. Cam Zerher. Um, Cameron Zerher. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. yeah, no, that would that would have I would have had about five more guesses before him, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, there, that's there surprising. Were, there were a couple people lower than him, but they played like seven or eight games. So I didn't include them in the oh, okay. uh, on the list. I mean, there were a couple that were even lower than he was numbers numbers wise there. Okay. All right. Very good. You're going to get this one, but I've already written it down, so I have to ask it, okay? So you've <laughs> rattled off all of the other ones here. So besides Wayne Carey's 671 goals in his career, these two players have kicked over 500 goals for North Melbourne. Uh, well, Drew Petrie? Mm-mm. No, not Drew Petrie. He hasn't kicked no. over 500 goals. Okay. Um, for North Melbourne. Malcolm Blight? Mm-mm. No? Jeez. Oh, uh, 
seventies players in the seventies, eighties. Uh, I let me let me look up. Yeah. That's <laughs> all right. One of them. No, it's okay. I, I can pull it up real quickly here. But one of them uh, has been involved in coaching recently. Involved in, oh, recently. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Oh, in fact, I believe he still is coaching. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, for North Melbourne, not for other clubs or anything. No, for well. other clubs. For other clubs. He's coaching with oh, other so, clubs. Severio Rocker? Mm-mm. No. Because no, I know he's kicked um I, I know he's kicked uh, over five hundred from both clubs, not Collingwood North. Five hundred goals. How can I not think of this? Um not uh, Drew Petrie. Yeah, Wayne Carey's kicked them. John Longmire? John Longmire at five eleven and one person had 518, and his last year was in 2016. That's not true, Petrie. Mm-mm. No, geez. No, no nice. actually, his, he, had an, he had 428. He ended in 2016 oh, right. also, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. This, um, this player started a few years before Petrie. So 19, around 90, not Craig Shaw. 2016 was his last year. Okay. Well, Drew Petrie started in 2000. And his last year was with North Melbourne in 2016. Okay. Well, you've mentioned this person before. I will tell oh, you, he, he was on your games played list. Adam Simpson, Drew Petrie, Brent Harvey. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah, there Five, you go. Yeah, 518. Yeah, no, that makes yep. sense. Yeah, no. Yeah, oh, there you go. So, Brent Harvey, Drew yeah, Drew, oh, not Drew, but John Lamar and Wayne Carey. There you go. So, yeah. All right. Fun. Yeah. So you did pretty well. I mean, the last question was, you know, and I know, and I normally I would, I would have actually asked a question and I forgot to, I forgot to write that one down, but uh, I, I would always ask, uh, I, it's another stat that I love uh, as well. Um, I have to find it again here. Um, the meters gained per game. And okay. who, who, well, that person you had, well, Aaron Hall only played 11 games, but he averaged 600 meters gained per game. You yeah, know, I would have asked you that. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah, that was, that's a huge number there. So where can people find hashtag kangaroos and what can they expect from the, the show this year? Yeah. I mean, generally this time of year, it's pretty quiet. Uh, both the men and women's uh, teams aren't playing at the moment so yeah just uh i've had a few interviews recently with uh x uh, not x afl players uh with aflw players um mm-hmm. like jazz garner i just had uh, during the week um, listen to that one this morning yeah uh ash riddell um i've had tim rogers on uh australian uh music legend as well so yeah uh at the moment it's just uh during the course of the season, obviously do a couple of previews during the week uh you can mm-hmm. find it anywhere just type in hashtag kangaroos um okay. podcast you can find on Spotify, Stitcher, and all good podcast platforms. Uh, on social media, uh, you can find me at hashtag Kangas or on Instagram at hashtag Kangaroos Podcast. Um, and that's about really it. So, yeah. Terrific. So, you're, I get, let me, let me ask you this. Were you, Going into 2021, 2022, while of course you were excited about the seasons, there was maybe still a little bit of trepidation because you realize we're probably going to take our lumps a little bit. Yeah. But this year, is there, are are you, I, I would assume you're more excited this year going into it than you might have been the last couple of years because 
you're starting to you're going to start seeing things pay off for this side and they're going to yeah, start yeah, winning definitely. games um, and, that that they should be winning and maybe being a spoiler for and get to that 10 win level yeah yeah i mean 2021 we kind of knew what was going on with the you know delistings and mm -hmm. the trade period uh we kind of knew it was going to be a tough year um we left the 2021 season uh pretty well uh we certainly had some good games and going into 2022 we expected a bit uh of a bit of optimism um there's still still a bit of uh you know skepticism that uh we could go to you know uh take that next step but um obviously that didn't work out but uh yeah definitely probably this year it's probably the most excited i've been for a number of years I, I did ask this question to a number of my guests um, a number uh, about a month ago or so, mm -hmm. um, and it's probably the most excited I've been since um, 2001 season. That uh, we're definitely going in the right direction, um, and yeah, we're rebuilding in the right way. Obviously, the draft picks that are coming in are very exciting. Harry Sheasel, um looks like he's going to be you know, a really good player. I don't know if you remember Stevie J, uh, Stevie Johnson from mm -hmm. Geelong, and he's with the uh, Cats. He finished, yeah, because yeah, he finished up with the Giants. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, very similar play to him. Uh, just makes things happen inside the forward fifty. So he's going to be a very exciting player. So, and, uh, so in in many ways, you know, Stevie J. And I only saw him for a couple of years before he stepped away from the game. But I think you could almost you could even draw some parallels between he and even Toby Green. I mean, they play kind of a similar style of yeah, game. Yeah, very similar plays. Although yeah, I yeah. think I think Stevie J. keeps his head you know, screwed on a little bit tighter than Toby <laughs> Green does. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Toby Green de definitely uh, has his moments, but uh, yeah, very classy inside oh, 50. Yeah. And, I mean, he's, yeah. you know, I don't think any club would not want to have him on their side, but just, you know, they'd like to have him there for, you know, all 22 games if possible. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's, there, there's a big question mark with him uh, as far as yeah. if he can do that, because usually there's one or two indiscretions during the year where you shake yeah. your head with him. Yeah, it is. It's uh, and yeah, he's just, he's just a talented player, and it just it'd be great to see him, you know, just get through a season unscathed. Yeah. Well, yeah. Dean, I want to thank you for taking time out of your Sunday morning. I know that you got, you know, you got you know busy rest of the weekend. I'm not sure if you're planning on watching the Super Bowl tomorrow, but uh, hmm. um, it it will be tomorrow your time, right? Because I know yeah, it's yeah, later yeah, on the evening morning. here. Yeah, yeah. ten o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm. I'll be honest. I don't know if I'm going to be watching it live because I've got to get to bed early because I have to get up early for that. Collingwood interview at 5 30 in the morning my time so I already have the, all the paperwork done for it but uh, ladies and gentlemen my guest has been Dean Vasick from the hashtag kangaroos podcast please check it out I've listened to a few episodes it does a fantastic job if you are a Roos supporter you definitely want to be tuning in if you haven't done so already where the heck have you been so Dean I appreciate you coming on man I wish the Roos all the best it's it's you know it's a class organization and I and I wish them I hope that that the comp kind of like an accordion starts to squeeze together. So, you know, you you got a lot of clubs that are at that, you know, 12, 13 win range that are trying to push in there. And, you know, we get into round 22, 23, 24, still trying to figure out who's playing finals. Yeah, no, no, well, appreciate you uh, for having me on the show, uh, Craig. Uh, you're doing great uh, work uh, trying to promote the game in the US. And, uh, yeah, I've listened to a couple of your episodes as well. So, no, you're doing great work. So keep up a good job. Um, and, yeah, I, thanks for having me on and happy to chat anytime. I appreciate that, man. That is fantastic. You bet. Cheers, sir. Thank you very much. You thanks, bet. mate. All right, Dean, thanks so very much for taking time out of your day to sit down and chat with me, man. I truly, truly appreciate it. I think that the glass is getting close to being half full and is going to continue to fill for the ruse this year. 
Now, ladies and gentlemen, remember that you can find everything about my podcast over at my website, ayankonthefooty.com. You can get on the mailing list there, so when new episodes come out, they will be in your inbox in about 45 seconds after it's released. If you enjoy the podcast, if you've been uh, a listener for a while and you haven't done so yet, or even if you're new and you've just discovered it and you go, wow, this is awesome, and I hope you're thinking that, actually, uh, maybe you'd head over to my website and click on the review button up at the top, and you can leave a review right on the website, which I can then share out on my socials, or you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts, which will ultimately show up there as well. And that'll help to trigger their algorithm a little bit and get a few more listeners in uh, checking out the uh, the show. And I have to say, I'm releasing this on March the 1st, my time, March the 2nd uh, in Australia. But the month of February was my biggest year ever for the podcast. It's the biggest year I've had since I've been doing it in 2019. So I cannot thank everybody enough on that. Now, uh, also, over on my website still, if you want to help keep the lights on here, this is a one-man show. You can click on the Buy Me a Coffee button there uh, and support the podcast that way. I don't have a Patreon page or anything like that. I don't do any extra things behind the scenes. Everything that I publish is out in the open for you to, to consume as soon as it's available. Uh, so if you want to support the podcast, help keep the lights on, help pay the fees that I have for running the show, that'd be terrific. Uh, if you want to get any podcast swag, a sticker for the back window of your car or the your computer, something like that. You can certainly pick that up there as well. The neat thing about that uh, company is that they have printing facilities in both North America and Australia. So if you order something from there, it will be produced in Australia and shipped to you there. So there's no extra shipping cost beyond what it would typically cost to ship something. So folks, again, I want to thank you for listening. Folks, look out for one another. Check in on your friends. Make sure they're okay. Tell them you love them. If you need to talk to somebody, please check my show notes. I do have numbers for organizations like Beyond Blue uh, listed there. Reach out to somebody. Let them know that you need to talk. All right, folks. Just let your friends know you care for them. Now, I do close out the episode the same way every single time. So if you're a first-time listener, here goes. This is how I close out every episode. Ladies and gentlemen, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 238 of A Yank on the Footy. Again, don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter at A Yank on the Footy podcast on Facebook, A Yank on the Footy on Instagram. You can find my name, Craig Wessels, on LinkedIn and on Facebook if you want to meet up there. If you need to shoot me an email, you can certainly do that at ayankonthefootygmail.com. If you know somebody that would be a great guest or you'd be a great guest because you've got an awesome story to tell, please drop me a note. You can uh, click on the register as a guest button over at my website and get signed up there and let me know that you're interested in doing that. And once I get into the season, I love still sitting down to do interviews with people and I'd absolutely love to do that. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you again and goodbye. And I will let you know my Hawthorne preview is up next to be followed by the Collingwood Magpies. And then I have... 16 of them done, and GWS and Adelaide to record, and both of those are scheduled. Can't wait to get them out to you.